Chinatown On the coke east laid around Some were high and some were mighty low Counting millions on the floor When a knock came on the door And there stood old Smokey Joe Good morning, my name's Anna Healy-Fenton and welcome to this week's programme in the Peaks and Troughs series. This time, we're looking at the issue of teenagers. Do you know where your kids were last night? I've been spending some time out and about the last few weeks in Stanley, in Repulse Bay, Discovery Bay, and in and around Central and Wan Chai, and I've seen a lot of kids, aged anywhere between 13 and 16, definitely underage, and a lot of them drinking many of them hanging out around the 7-Eleven, especially in Lang Kwai Fong. Now, 7-Eleven sells an awful lot of alcohol, and they claim that they obey the law, they do not sell drink to underage kids, and that their staff are empowered to challenge kids if they don't believe that they are old enough to be buying drink. And there is the issue of the liquor licensing laws. I asked Richard Feldman, who is a restaurateur in the Lang Kwai Fong area, to explain how this all works and the difference between on-premises and off-premises consumption, which gets to the heart of why teenagers are able to acquire alcohol so easily. Most people understand that Hong Kong has a liquor licensing board, but they don't realize that it doesn't govern shops that sell alcohol off-premise. It's only for on-premise consumption. What does that mean in terms of 7-Eleven and minors getting access to alcohol? So for a company like 7-Eleven or any other convenience store that does sell alcohol, they do not need to apply for a liquor license. In fact, they never do. So restaurants, however, do apply for a restaurant license, a general restaurant license, and which they attach to it a liquor license. And then that outlet is governed by the liquor licensing laws. And you have to comply with thousands of regulations and requirements, don't you, as a restaurant operator? Yes, absolutely. There are many different government departments have uh, hundreds of regulations, and the Liquor Licensing Board itself has many regulations. But, but 7-Eleven can operate as what we would call an off-license in the UK, for example, just selling liquor to people of any age, as long as technically they don't consume it on the premises. That's absolutely correct. Unfortunately, very often you do see people consuming alcohol within the premises of 7-Eleven, so that would be a violation of the law. But if the person is not drinking on premise, that is correct. They only need a business registration license, which takes about an hour to get at the government offices. Right. Now, we're sitting here in Al's Diner in Lang Kwai Fong, literally next door to a 7-Eleven. What would you see going on next door on a typical Friday or Saturday night? Well, you know, it's really deteriorated week by week and month by month. We now have a situation where you really do see drug dealers... Uh, standing outside the 7-Eleven, targeting the customers uh, that right outside the 7-Eleven, and obviously people buying cheap alcohol in the 7-Eleven. That's not good, is it? And I hear there's uh, there's something called shotgunning going on now? Yeah, that, that actually is my biggest worry in terms of public health, because typically people will come into a restaurant and consume alcohol over the course of their evening, or no alcohol at all. But for people who are underage... They want to come into the premises, but they're not allowed to buy alcohol if you're under the age of 18 on licensed premises. You are, however, to buy, allowed to buy alcohol at 7-Eleven if you're under the age of 18 by law. And so what they do is they load up really quickly. They shotgun their liquor. So they binge drink very, very rapidly and then go to restaurants or bars or nightclubs 
to dance the night away. But they don't realize that that is really very, very dangerous for them. And what age kids, what would be the youngest kids you see doing this? Oh, I've seen, I've seen 12 and 11-year-olds going in, clearly people who are underage buying liquor at the 7-Eleven. But then they can go into a regular bar, and as long as they're not buying, nobody's going to throw them out. That's correct. I mean, some, some restaurants themselves may have an age where they don't allow people on the premises under the age of 18. But other bars or licensed premises, look at most hotels. You're certainly allowed to go to a hotel with children, and the parents can order a glass of wine, and the kids might order a soda. But yes, that's exactly right. right. So it's, it's really a nightmare. So in terms of affordability, they can get blind drunk for 24 or, or $30 in 7-Eleven. That's another health issue, because if you look at the policies of government towards tobacco, they've always tried to limit the abuse of tobacco by raising the price so that people start thinking it becomes expensive to have a bad or unhealthy habit. And making alcohol so cheap for the evening night I think sends a very bad message to people because alcohol, it should be respected. It is a controlled substance on licensed premises. I've never understood why the government of Hong Kong and even 7-Eleven as a corporation seems to think that it's okay for it to be considered a non-controlled substance within their premises. So where does Dairy Farm stand on this as the uh, holding company, I believe, that operates 7-Elevens, which are mostly franchises? What do you see as their responsibility to the public of Hong Kong? Well, this is where I'm most disappointed in, in that group or that group of companies because I've worked with Dairy Farm before and I know many people at the company and I like them very much. I think the 7-Eleven has actually... Uh, their policy seems to be to go to areas of five or six 7-Elevens in and around Lan Kwai Fung. So they're clearly targeting restaurant bar areas. And I think that really lacks a certain amount of corporate community, uh, I don't know what the right word is, responsibility. And by contrast, the parent company and Dairy Farm itself have always been, in my experience, very kind of corporate-minded about their community in which they operate. I personally think the 7-Eleven is doing more harm to their group in terms of their brand than all the good that Jardine Matheson's and all its companies put together are doing in Hong Kong, and they are doing great things for Hong Kong. So what you're saying is they're actually enabling by not having a, a licensing requirement or a, a requirement for their operators to control underage drinking. They're enabling underage drinking. Oh, absolutely. I think they're actually targeting. I mean, I, they, people may not agree with that, but... They're going into restaurant district areas that don't allow minors, and there are many minors buying alcohol within the premises. So I don't see how they could argue that they're not aware of it. That was Richard Feldman. And in the interest of fairness, I contacted Dairy Farm, the parent company of 7-Eleven, and they declined very definitely to come on the programme, but supplied me with a statement saying that their shop's prominently display a sign saying that alcohol will not be sold to minors and that if their staff are in doubt, they can ask for proof of identity. Well, I took four different young people with me to four different 7-Elevens and hunt as we could, we could not find the sign. Finally, we did. It was measuring around four inches by two and stuck on the door of a glass fridge around seven feet up. Now, I don't think I would call that prominently displayed, but there you go. Now, Mark Ford McNichol is the Assistant District Commander Central of the police 
and it falls within his remit to take care of uh, activities in Lang Kwai Fong. Mark, can you explain what's going on in Lang Kwai Fong these days? Uh, Lang Kwai Fong, I think, ever since it was uh, conceived as uh, a major entertainment centre in in uh, Hong Kong and in the central area, and uh, as time's gone on, there are larger numbers of bars and uh, restaurants operating in that location. Uh, for example, during the, the Rugby Sevens and other major events, it becomes very much like a carnival uh, centre in Lang Kwai Fong. So it has uh, policing uh, problems associated with it, uh, be the drugs, uh, drunkenness, late night violence, uh, and so forth. So as far as an area for policing within central, Lang Kwai Fong is uh, pretty high on our priority list. But you wouldn't be fair to say it's really still a Guaylo-dominated area, is it? I see a very international crowd down there these days. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Hong Kong demographics and sort of structures have changed quite a lot in the last uh, 20 years. I call internationals. So uh, in, in Lang Kwai Fong and other areas in Hong Kong, I'd say what you probably have are the corporate business types uh, out having a good time, relaxing after a hard week. Uh, so Friday, Saturday night into the small hours gets very busy. And the, the nationalities are across the board. So mainland Chinese, Hong Kong Chinese, overseas uh, Americans, Brits, uh, Europeans, and, uh, and a few Africans mixed in there as well. And kids. And tell us about the uh, proliferation of 7-Elevens and what's this, what this has meant to the supply of cheap alcohol, which is drawing in the kids. Well, just getting back to the operational priorities of the force, and that ties into uh, Central District, of course. We have our own uh, operational uh, plan for the district. And one of the priorities, as I've mentioned, is Lang Kwai Fong. We, as part of that, reach out and we've got a very good ongoing uh, relationship and dialogue with the Lang Kwai Fong uh, Owners uh, Association and the operators up there. And I, I know for a fact, we had a meeting with them in March, that they're quite concerned about the um, the number of 7-Elevens that now operate. I mean, it used to be maybe one. Now I think it's up to four in this specific area of Lang Kwai Fong, uh, maybe reaching up to six into the general areas. So they, they, they've brought their own particular problems for us. And I know the, the bar owners have their own particular gripes about the 7-Elevens, but uh, th- there are issues. Uh, and, of course, the one that I think you're probably alluding to is the fact that uh, uh, 7-Elevens, of course, uh, offer a much cheaper a source of alcohol than, say, that the bars and restaurants are And it seems them. that they are n- not upholding their own guidelines and that miners are able to buy drink there without any problem from the staff. Uh, one of the problems that we have with uh, the 7-Eleven uh, mode of sort of achieving alcohol is that uh, provided the, uh, the, the, the customers drink the, the, the alcohol off-premise, it's not usually an offence. Um, we've actually looked at sort of underage drinking on-premise or on-premises, and we actually haven't found too much uh, evidence of that. In fact, we haven't found any. But having said that, if you go to Lang Kwai Fong on any given weekend, everything that's happening on the street has cascaded out of the bars and out of the uh, the two main 7-Elevens operating there. The, the one that we are, of course, concerned about really is the one on the corner at the top uh, opposite Stormy's. And that area is actually, unfortunately, uh, under the the purview and domain of some uh, drug traffickers. 
And on a busy night, you can have a lot of people. And of course, we're always very concerned about numbers of people in Lang Kwai Fong based on history and so forth. So uh, we're always very concerned about the, the, the state of the street, broken bottles, um, sort of liquid flowing down just for safety issues. Can you and tell us, numbers. Mark, a bit about these drug traffickers? I understand a lot of them are African and a lot of them are coming in on refugee visas. And this is, uh, many, in many cases, they are repeat offenders and they're, they're being convicted imprisoned in Hong Kong, and then straight back out doing it again. That's a valid point, actually. I think probably for over a year now, we've noticed that both Wan Chai and Lang Kwai Fong a proliferation of the number of uh, African uh, guys uh, pretty blatantly uh, trafficking uh, cocaine, usually, um, to, as I say, the international uh, clientele in the area. Uh, we regularly conduct uh, undercover operations and normally at a weekend we'll, we'll arrest between two to three of these uh, these gentlemen and you talk about the refugee status now actually uh, most of them are form eight holders so they do have refugee status that then becomes difficult for us to actually uh, deport or get rid of these people they can go through the courts and we've already had as you say repeat offenders whereby they've been uh, caught by us sent to court uh, done their incarceration period and then, unfortunately, are back on the streets, back at their, their old game. Um, so it, it's not a good situation. And, uh, for example, during the Rugby Sevens, we increased the number. We've got a specific operation that targets this in Lang Kwai Fong. So over the Rugby Seven uh, weekend, in fact, the week leading up to the weekend of the Sevens, we ran a number of operations, and I think we got about four arrests. This Thus far this year, I think the numbers are around over 20 which is almost double from last year. Of course, you have to look at the fact that last year our eye was on other balls, so maybe we weren't as busy as we should have been in Lang Kwai Fong. But certainly uh, this year and onwards, we're looking at seriously disrupting the, uh, the, this trafficking situation. The, the good news yesterday was we actually arrested two Colombians uh, with four kilograms of cocaine in, in uh, Hong Kong Island, and uh, we believe that they may have been providing uh, the cocaine to these uh, these guys to supply uh, uh, the, the actual demand in Wan Chai. Can you Lang tell Kai us Fong. where you nicked these guys? They were arrested in Hong Kong Island uh, at uh, various locations, but uh, mainly Wan Chai and in central western locations. Uh, the work actually, because I'm on air, it was done mainly by Eastern District, just showing the good teamwork by the whole of uh, Hong Kong Island to actually interdict this sort of uh, drug trafficking. So that was a good a good case. But uh, four kilograms of cocaine is a lot of cocaine. Mm. Um, I don't think that amount of uh, drugs gets cycled through the entertainment uh, locations on a, any given weekend. But it'll be interesting to see what we uh, we achieve in the next couple of weekends as far as uh, arrests for trafficking are concerned. Right. So what types of drugs are on the street at the moment? You mentioned cocaine. I imagine there's a... A, a bit of uh, hashish and marijuana. What else are we seeing? I would actually say that the ones that I'm talking about is, is generally cocaine, although you can get uh, other sort of lower-level low, low like cannabis and so forth. But it, the main, the main uh, weapon of choice, I would say, is cocaine. And what, what's interesting as well for, for listeners would be actually the uh, the quality of the cocaine being sold is pretty similar to copy watches in Chim Sa Choi. It's almost copy cocaine. There's very little cocaine in the gram that you probably spend $1,000 buying. Is that what it costs, $1,000 a gram? And what would they be cutting it with? Oh, various things, various powders. Ugh, sounds horrible. Yeah, it's not very good for your system.
No. So from a kid's point of view, since that's what we're, we're supposed to be talking about, would you uh, advise parents to, to keep their kids out of line quite far, or is there a safe way that they can be there and have fun? Well, as a father of two, two, two kids who grew up in Hong Kong in their teens, and I know f- full well the, uh, the, the sort of uh, things that go on in Hong Kong. Uh, we've got the Rugby Sins, you've got Wan Chai, you've got Lang Kwai Fong, you've got other locations. Hong Kong is a, is a good, friendly, uh, happy city most of the time. And uh, unfortunately, European children sometimes can look older than they actually are. So getting into nightclubs and uh, bars and so forth can get easy for them, as opposed to maybe uh, some, some other kids. That was Mark Ford McNichol, Assistant District Commander Central of the Police. And I think he's made it clear that there was a lot of drug trafficking going on in Central, particularly in the Lang Kwai Fung area, probably not the best place for your teenager to be hanging around on a Saturday night. Now, Discovery Bay is uh, an enclave, I think we could say, of uh, family life, or so you would think. But it seems that there's a bit of an issue there, with underage kids running around the place, getting up to, well, all sorts of things. Pastor James has been there for a number of years, and he'll share some experiences of the reality of Discovery Bay. Well, for six years here at Discovery Bay, I've been the uh, pastor of uh, Discovery Bay International Community Church. And uh, you're pretty familiar with the issues affecting young people around here. Would you say there's a bad problem with underage drinking and drug taking? Yes, I would, and uh, my colleagues agree. I have uh, two who have um, more of their focus is dealing with youth and teenagers, and yes, we would say there is, definitely. And what do you think is at the root of this? I, I think you've discussed depression with me before. Mm-hmm. True. Um, that's just one of the symptoms of depression, I think, is substance abuse just trying to find um, um, a release, something to make them feel better. Is that because they're under too much pressure from parents or school or peer group? What's the issue here? Well, part of our angle as a church, of course, we we think it's a question of faith that without a uh, personal relationship with a living God, you're never going to be satisfied with enough money, enough... um, education, enough friends, and, and, and you're going to still have this void. But um, I think there's a lot of uh, family um, dysfunction, which leads to that sort of problem, uh, not having mom or dad around. They're just very busy professionals. And that's particularly acute here in Discovery Bay? I think so. It's, it's not uncommon to, for a father to be traveling all week, come back on the weekend, and and then that's when things get busy for teenagers, and basically there's not a, a father uh, in their life. And it can work both ways. Professional mothers, very busy and not having time to be with their, their children. And how does that translate then into drinking and drug taking? That's a good question, but I think basically um, with peers, there's a, a sense of doing something together that they identify with. Um, and just really, uh, it makes them the physical uh, or mental effects uh, of feeling uh, a more euphoric uh, high from uh, being inebriated on alcohol or or using a legal substance. So last Friday when I came over here and had a bit of a look around, I could see quite large packs of kids aged between maybe 13 and 16 milling about in the steps Mm. up the plaza and round and about. Mm. Where do you see them getting up to no good on the weekend? Well, it's it's that concern. You see this... this, um, uh, 
really like sheep wandering without a shepherd. They don't have a place to go, a place to to relax and call their own. Uh, um, I remember years ago on Aberdeen side, there was a place called Warehouse, which provided on Friday and Saturday night an outlet for uh, kids uh, to listen to music, uh, to play games, um, basketball, skateboard, that kind of thing. But there's no option here. Um, so what do I see? I see a lot of teenagers, and they sneak around certain corners, certain uh, hidden spots here in the plaza, uh, as well as on the beach. And and um, underage drinking takes place. Um, of course, smoking is, is considered to be um, uh, a mature activity, and and you see a lot of uh, uh, young people uh, indulging in, in drink and smoking. And you think that's just smoking cigarettes, or are we talking about marijuana as well? Well, well marijuana is here, and um, even within our church, we have had uh, uh, friends I know who who are under this kind of peer pressure. Some are are very strong-willed individuals, and and they've said no. Others have. Have, uh, what age are we talking about? Talking uh, 13 to 16 and up, yeah. Pretty young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, this is supposed to be a very family-friendly place, but there doesn't seem to be much for young people to do in DB. That's true. So so it's great for primary kids. Uh, there's a lot of sporting option as well, but if um, um, you're looking for uh, an activity center that's that's really will attract teenagers, it's not here. So Hong Kong resorts uh, really could do better with putting on some facilities for the youngsters. Someone could, and uh, we've asked ourselves that, and uh, it becomes a bit cost prohibitive when you start to look for a, um, a facility that's large enough. There are, there are a few within DB proper, but there might be some around the edges, and uh, we're still exploring that. That was the well-known Discovery Bay community figure, Pastor James. Back to the question that we started off with. Do you know where your kids were last night? I talked to a mum who preferred to remain nameless, but she explains how she's handled this sometimes sensitive issue with teenagers who don't always want to tell you where they're going. We put in some fairly strict boundaries um, at an early age. We, uh, they were never allowed to stay at somebody else's home unless we had actually spoken to the parent um, or we'd had an email interaction... Um, but mainly it was there was a communication that had gone along um, in to to confirm that the, our children were at someone else's house. And the other reason we kind of did it was to let the person know that, um, in an inferential way, that they were responsible for now our how children. How did that go down with your children? Because my daughter would uh, object to that, I think. Yes, it didn't go down well at all. In fact, um, for my oldest daughter, she actually refused to go and stay at other people's houses because she was too embarrassed for me to call. The second one, um, she she was okay with it. Um, she had met some children who were um, Australian and, and I think and some Canadians as well, and the parents thought similarly. So that was a little bit easier. And um, my son at the moment is still at a stage where I can um, call the parents and and that's okay. He's okay with it. I think he's seen the other two go through it and know that there's no chance that (laughs) he's just going to have to toe the line or he'll end up like the oldest one and not go and stay anywhere or the middle one and... um, and uh, just put up with it. Right. Now, it seems to me that kids have a lot of freedom in Hong Kong, and that's the way they grow up, which is great. 
But how do you see that translating to their teenage years and then when they're faced with the challenges of easily available alcohol? Okay, I think this is where we fall down as parents. Um, I think we've, we're not always cognizant of the fact that they are changing from being kids, going to soccer and rugby, maybe going to the movies, um, to transitioning into that adulthood where they start to experiment and become you know, more influenced by their peers. And I think that is the hardest um, juncture to sort of realise that your child is actually moving into that next phase and where we don't always have, uh, I, I guess, the sort of structure in place to say, well, where are you going and what are you doing and how long are you going out for? Um, one of the other things we do do as a parent now that, I mean, we're on to our last one, so, you know, it's a little bit easier. We've had a bit of um, experience. Is that there's a time and we, we make sure that he's really only got a couple of hours of free time that he can get himself into trouble. So we're on to it. He needs to be home by a certain time and um, and we need to know what he's doing so we can judge how much free time he's going to have and to get into trouble and to make poor choices. Right. Going back to the 7-Eleven issue, do you think your kids were uh, 7-Eleven drinkers? Um, I do believe that my one of mine was, yes. I do believe that uh, she um, and her friends used to go... Um, and get the alcohol before they went to the nightclubs. So I think they used to go to 7-Eleven because it was easy because nobody ever questions Guilos um, when they walk in there. They're tall. Um, they don't look 18, I've got to say, but because of their height, um, I think they get away with it here. Um, I also think it's an issue for the poor person behind the counter. Um, they, they're not equipped to tell the difference between 18-year-olds unless they ask, and I actually don't think they have the skills to ask. Um, so, you know, I think it's really tough on the on the, the, the counter employee, um, and I know the kids go in to 7-Eleven and that's where they get it from because they're not getting it from us. That was a mother of three fairly grown-up teenage kids explaining how even the best brought-up young teenagers can fall foul of 7-Eleven's temptations in Hong Kong. Now, to wrap up today, just a word about the pressures that teenagers are under in Hong Kong. Sky from support group Kelly explains. I think um, academic stress is one of the biggest things that you have in Hong Kong, uh, where a lot of expectations are that people are achieving high scores um, in a very competitive environment, and that tends to be something that really pushes people forward. Right. Now, um, sorry to say, but there seems to be quite a lot of underage drinking and drug-taking going on. It's very visible around town, especially outside 7-Elevens and places where they have access to drink. Is Hong Kong worse than anywhere else? I don't think Hong Kong is worse than anywhere else in particular. I think in a lot of other countries, this phenomenon has seen to be happening because of uh, the common factor of peer pressure happening um, in teenage circles. But I think in Hong Kong, where the problem is, is that um, there aren't enough um, places or environments that will give young people other alternatives than just drinking. Right. So what can the parents do about this? I think the parents can have a... Um, early communication with their kids about this particular issue. Oftentimes alcohol or any types of substance misuse is often a taboo subject and we find that from our 24 years of being in Hong Kong working with young people and their families is that this subject matter is not one that is spoken about in the home. That was Sky from Kelly's support group. So it seems teenagers have a lot on their plate one way and another. This brings us to the end of another show. Next week 
We'll be asking the question, do you know where your mum and dad were last night? Have a great week. Bye for now. Kicking the gong around.